1: President Biden pushes COVID vaccine mandates.
0: Cases are down this past month by 40 percent. Hospitalizations are down by 25 percent. We're headed in the right direction if we don't, if we keep our eye on the ball
1: here. The GOP agrees to kick the can down the road. We have reached agreement to extend the debt ceiling through early December. Tony the Tiger and his co workers hit the bricks. We're willing to stay out here one day longer, one day stronger. I long to take, but we are willing to negotiate with the company whenever they're ready to talk. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Friday, October 8th. I'm Rich Thomason. Federal vaccine mandates for public schools and companies with 100 or more employees. The political divide over the shot and the regulations requiring it has affected lives and the economy. Visiting Illinois, President Biden tried to justify the federal measures by arguing that such requirements are nothing new.
0: Students, healthcare professionals, our troops, have been required to receive vaccinations from everything from polio to measles to mumps to rubella. And the reason most people in America don't worry about polio, measles, mumps, rubella, is because they've been vaccinated.
1: Those mandates have forced many employees to either get vaccinated or lose their jobs, and some choose to resign. Employees can claim a health exemption to avoid the jab. Some states, though, question religious exemptions. The Wall Street Journal reports thousands of health care workers in New York await the response of a federal judge on whether the state's vaccination mandate must accommodate religious exemptions, in case it could guide similar policies in other states. The number of U.S. children orphaned during the outbreak may be larger than previously thought.
0: A study published by the medical journal Pediatrics shows more than 120,000 kids in the U.S. lost a parent or grandparent who was a primary provider of financial support and care. Nearly 60% of the children who lost a primary caregiver were either Hispanic or black, two racial groups that make up about 40% of the U.S. population. I'm Mike Hempin.
1: Large numbers of COVID deaths were reported in nursing homes early in the pandemic. Now, one in three U.S. nursing homes has fewer nurses and aides than before COVID. Most homes keep staffing levels below what many experts see as adequate, and today, things are even worse. Kristen Pullins was struck by the decline in staffing when she returned to work at a nursing home in Iowa. Under the relentless pace, she burned out and quit. She was the only registered nurse for 36 residents.
0: There's no extra time to spend time with your patients or to do
1: adequate assessments. Amy Runkle, a nurse's aide in Venice, Florida, says she is typically responsible for 16 to 18 residents, higher than before the pandemic. She says there's no way you have time to do all the things that residents need, never mind deserve. Professor Charlene Harrington with the University of California at San Francisco studies nursing and sociology. She says the staffing is already so low to drop further is appalling.
0: The RNs are paid 15 percent below what a hospital RN is making.
1: I'm Jennifer King. 11 Republicans joined all 50 Democrats in a vote to break the 60-vote filibuster threshold and proceed to final passage of a measure which cleared the Senate 50-48, to the bill extending the government's borrowing authority into December that temporarily averts a debt crisis. The Hill reports the debt ceiling will increase by $480 billion. The Treasury Department, according to Senate aides, thinks that will set up the next deadline for December 3rd, The same day, government funding is set to expire. Republican leader Mitch McConnell made the offer of a short-term extension, saying the Democrats now have a way to avoid a crisis they created. The pathway our Democratic colleagues have accepted will spare the American people any near-term crisis while definitively resolving the majority's excuse that they lacked time to address the debt
0: limit through the 304 reconciliation process. Now there will be
1: no question they'll have plenty of time. Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota says some of his GOP colleagues were thrown for a loop because 46 Senate Republicans signed a letter in August warning Senator Chuck Schumer that they will not vote to increase the debt ceiling. But Kramer also defends McConnell's deal as an elegant solution to get out of a tough situation with the debt limit deadline looming. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett says a House Democrat has called for a long-term solution to the impasse over avoiding a debt default later this month in the form of taking the near-annual fight out of the hands of members of Congress altogether. Democrat Congressman Brandon Boyle of Pennsylvania, along with House Budget Committee Chairman John Yarmouth, introduced a bill that would transfer the duty of raising the debt limit from Congress to the Secretary of the Treasury so that lawmakers wouldn't have to repeatedly fight over preventing a catastrophic default anymore. Last week, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen endorsed the idea of abolishing the federal debt limit, arguing the Treasury Department would be able to ensure it can pay for existing spending obligations already enacted by Congress and the President. Around 1,400 workers at Kellogg's U.S. cereal plants are on strike. This employee at a Kellogg plant in Nebraska says pay equity is a big issue for the rank and file. So we're out here today together in unity for not only the full-time, but also the transitional employees that we're fighting for. You know, we fully believe that they deserve to make the same wages that we make. An employee in Michigan says after a difficult 18 months, which saw many workers putting in 12-hour shifts and mandatory overtime to meet pandemic demand, compromise is not likely. 18 months ago, we were considered essential employees we're called heroes by our CEO now, when it's time to
0: just give us and all of us in the union uh, a fair deal. It's not
1: happening. In Kentucky, 420 workers have gone on strike against Heaven Hill Distillery. That walk out now in its fourth week. Other strikes this summer at Frito-Lay and Nabisco have labor experts saying the pandemic gave food workers a rare upper hand labor shortages making it difficult to replace them, and the pandemic putting a spotlight on their essential and sometimes dangerous work. It has been nearly a week since oil from a ruptured underwater pipeline first appeared in the waters off Southern California, and there's still no confirmation of exactly how much leaked. California Fish and Wildlife Patrol Lieutenant Christian Corvo says reports of oil are coming in from communities far south, like Oceanside. We have a hotshot team heading out to the Oceanside Pier for reports of a couple tarballs that have landed. And in in preparation of potential impacts to that area, we are deploying uh, sensitive site strategies at the Agua Hedionda sensitive site, which also has the desalination plant. U.S. Coast Guard Port Commander Captain Rebecca Orr says work is underway to get a better estimate of exactly how much oil leaked. We have five agencies, federal and state, that looked at uh, numbers and independently verified that the minimum amount of oil released in the environment is 588 barrels. That number could go up. Or says the containment and cleanup effort is a large-scale operation. We have over 800 personnel assigned to this effort, uh, assigned with our unified command, that are working on the water and onshore from Huntington Beach down to Oceanside today to find and remove oil to protect human safety, protect the environment, and protect our wildlife. California Assemblywoman Cotte Petrie-Norris, who represents communities affected by the oil spill, says she's eager to hear from investigators but understands why they have been slow to share details. When we're not getting information, it makes folks at home think that there's some kind of you know cover-up going on or there's something nefarious and there is not the reason that the folks that you hear from here are so tight-lipped is because we want to ensure that we don't jeopardize that investigation in any way shape or form Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew says Gold Star families could finally get the recognition they deserve. Gold Star spouse Jane Horton says a memorial for the global war on terror is long overdue. We have been fighting pretty hard as Gold Star families to ensure that our loved ones are being honored in the proper way that they should. Gold Star families have a strong ally in Iowa Senator Jody Ernst. She says there's no reason to oppose her bipartisan bill. It's 100% privately funded. Its rightful place is on the national Mom. And finally, this morning, Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters says Tesla CEO Elon Musk plans to relocate the electric car maker's headquarters from California to Texas. Musk says, though, that the company will keep expanding its manufacturing capacity in the Golden State. Musk gave no timeline for the move late Thursday when he addressed the company's shareholders at Tesla's annual meeting. Musk stressed he plans to expand the company's factory in Fremont, California, where Tesla's Model S and Model X cars are built in the hopes of increasing its output by 50%. He also touted the company's record vehicle deliveries this year, while noting that global supply chain disruptions that have led to a shortage of computer chips remain a challenge. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Join us again on Monday. I'm Rich Thomason.